This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, do wages today support the tools that your technicians need? What are they spending? Are owners using tool purchase programs for their employees? Hey, welcome from the Aftermarket Radio Network. It's Carm Capriato, and I'm with Andy Bizzab from Midwest Performance Cars in Chicago, and he shares his perspective on tool programs in his shop. And he also discusses his experience at the Jocko Willink's Echelon Front Muster Conference that he is sending his people to, and why, for him, it's the next level of training. Thanks to our sponsors, Shopware and Delphi. Okay, you quoted a job last month, and the customer just said yes, but the price for parts went up a notch. When you use Shopware's native parts catalog, you simply update pricing with one click. On the web at GetShopware.com. And did you clean the fuel tank the last time you replaced a fuel pump? Contamination buildup in the tank not only impacts your vehicle's performance, but it can also damage your customer's fuel pump. Clean your fuel tank in five minutes with Delphi Technologies Fuel Tank Cleaning Tool. Learn more at DelphiAftermarket.com. Can you believe we're going to talk about technician tools and Jocko Wilnick? <laughs> Andy, how the heck did we do that? We pivoted when we had to, right? <laughs> we had uh, a couple of more people willing to join us, and there were just scheduling conflicts at the last minute. And, you know, when you get into personal things that happen and people say, hey, we can't make it. I'm always grateful that they wanted to do this, but at the last minute they couldn't. So I called Andy and I says, hey, Buddy, either we're going to do this solo, me and you, uh, Town Hall Academy, where we usually have four of us up on the screen. And he says, Carm, something amazing has gone on. I told you the story of me going down to Jocko Wilnick's Atlanta base to do a, you know, the, the extreme ownership uh, thing. It's called Echelon Front. I sent a couple of my guys. So let's talk about tools and Jocko. So, Andy, I, I'm bringing my curiosity here to the show about technician tools, and then we're going to talk about leadership here uh, on the second half. And I ask a lot when I'm actually in shops, you know, and I see this $100,000 technician toolbox on wheels. It looks like three refrigerators. And I said, are you buying any of the stuff in there? And some of the guys that are in a legacy company, they just say, no, it's their dime. I says, obviously, you must be paying right for them to continue to invest. And they say, yes, we are. But are wages today supporting the tools that the techs need? Any idea what they would be spending with that tool truck kind of mortgage payments? I think our industry is in an about time that we do this investment for our people. I mean, the shop owns sometimes multiple scan tools so that we can do multiple jobs. And they say, listen, we'll buy the scopes, guys. And we'll have them. We're in the, they're in the back room. They're locked up. They're categorized on the shelf. This is our stuff. And we know you need it. What do you do? Andy Bishop, Midwest Performance, Cars, Chicago and Northbrook, Illinois. Glad to have you here, my friend. Thanks, Carm. I mean, first off, everybody has to find what works for their shop and their organization. So just imparting what we do and the logic behind why we do it. We have had every extreme. I've had apprentice guys come in with like literally the $69 toolkit from Sears. And I've had a guy roll a 100,000 plus snap-on box into our shop. He's still with us. He's actually uh, Jimmy, our guy who had the uh, the motorcycle accident. 
and is with us and turning wrenches again and producing. And it's just, I mean, I'm so proud of his whole story. But he came in with a with a hundred thousand dollar box, right? So we've had everything in between. We've had all different levels of technicians from you know, it's a senior tech to an apprentice. So what we do is someone comes in, we have to make sure that they have a basic level of tools. But usually if they're coming in, it's different. If they're coming in as an apprentice, they're going to work under one of our current technicians for a while based on what their experience is and how quickly they progress. But they have to have a basic set of tools. So what we will do is we will buy the tools that they immediately need. And we will subject to all your local labor laws. You got to make sure that this is good with your, with uh, labor laws, with, with minimum wage, but we're so far above minimum wage. It doesn't impact us, but we will have those guys pay off their tools through payroll deductions. And we'll just deduct. So maybe we deduct an hour or two a week. We might do that for a year for 52 weeks. The guy with the full boxes, so you hire a legacy guy. He's been doing this for 20 years. He, he hauls his boxing. I guarantee you he's got a tool. He's got a tool payment. My senior guy downtown is, he's now 34. He has been doing it for 14 years. He's fully paid up on all this stuff and has been for years. Oh, for years. And he's got a great box of tools. But you know what? It's really reflective of the kind of person that he is. And that's the other thing. You want guys who don't get out over their skis with just going into the snap on, on truck and just going crazy. Yeah, I want that. I want that. I want that. Add it to my ticket. And that also comes back to you've got the apprentice level guy. I mean, I compare it to a, a budding race car driver. You're not going to put that guy into a NASCAR or into an F1 car. He's got to start off in the carts and work his way up. He's got to start off with a lower horsepower vehicle so he doesn't hurt himself, right? The apprentice guy coming in does not need a full snap-on box of tools. And usually our apprentice guys are working with a full-time technician. They're using this guy's tools side-by-side with the guy. And then as they get into being able to produce more and more work and actually earn more and more money, then we'll front the money for them to buy the tools that they need and then have them pay it back. And I'll tell you, and so I do know that there are shops out there, very successful shops, I have a lot of respect for, who equip the guys from day one with a full set. And it's the shop-owned tools. I understand, you know, there are certain areas where that may be what you want to do or need to do. To me, I want to have my technicians, actually, I want to have all my people, I want to have them invested with skin in the game in not only in the shop and where they work, but in their careers. And I don't see that for us if we're just going to go, you know what, here's a $20,000, $30,000, $50,000 set of tools. Shop owns it. It's all yours to use. Let's just kind of break down what you do. The the technician goes into the tool truck and he talks to the, the tool expert and says, look at I've run across a job like that. I hear there's a tool out that's going to really make me more efficient, can help me get the job done. So thank you guys for building this. How much? He either buys it, pays for it, puts it on his ticket. Before he does that, Andy, is he checking with you? Is there any kind of framework that he needs to live by? He doesn't need to, but everybody knows that if they need to make a major purchase. Now, I don't think, I don't think buying a $50 tool or $30 tool, that should not be making, making a break in their decision. So we're almost all German. So if there's a tool that we're going to use for a particular process and we know, you know a cam timing tool for a Porsche, an IMS tool uh, to install IMS bearing, we're not going to have the technician buy it. 
we're going to buy that as a shop because we know we're going to continue to use that, that tool over and over. So I have no problem with buying those kind of things as a shop. Those are capital investments that are going to return a lot of money. Andy, any tax ramifications that you know of on this? Hunt does our books and I've run this all by Hunt. This is all flying uh, correct. I would absolutely, just like everything else, consult with your CPA before you, you set up your program. But we've been doing this for years, and this this really works out to the benefit of everybody. Step me through it one more time. He wants to buy this, uh, let's call it a $500 tool, and he does. And he says to you, okay, Andy, I just bought this. Make me whole. How does it work? So the shop will pay for it. The shop pays the tool guy, just does it, and then he earns it back? Right. Let's just say for round numbers, this is a $50 an hour guy. And we'll take an, an hour off a week for 10 weeks. There's 500 bucks. And they're earning flat rate right now? We're a hybrid. We pay everybody a fixed amount for every hour for their whole 40-hour week. And then for every production hour, they get a production bonus, which is usually two to three times. Everybody gets the same hourly rate. Just to give them that comfort of, I'm here for 40 hours. If there's not a single car in the shop, I'm going to get a check at the end of the week. And so here's a $50 an hour, $500, so 10 weeks. You're deducting one hour from their pay. And they probably won't even miss it. And they're building their equity as a technician by having the proper tools to do the job. That 50 bucks coming out of their pay, they're not paying income tax on it either. See, that's the issue right there. Right. If the guy's buying a $500 set of tools and he's in the 30% tax bracket, paying $650 for those tools, you need to pay 150 bucks taxes on what really, really legitimately should be a business expense. I mean, let's face it, these guys get screwed when it comes to taxes because they buy these very expensive tools which, with which they earn their living and they can't write them off. You know, sometimes we use the words golden handcuffs. If you want to up and leave, you're not taking your tools. I mean, yeah, you may have, you may have a tool set at home, but it is probably not as current as it should be. But in your case, I still like it because if the person wanted to leave for whatever reason they would want to leave, they've got to find a shop willing to invest in them like you are with tools. Yeah. And well, and I'll say another thing. All my life, I've dealt with guys in the trades. Um, I rehabbed houses back through the, in the eighties and nineties. So I've, I've dealt with all the different trades guys. And one thing that I think is pretty common among trades guys, at least the people that I deal with, they take pride in their tools, right? Carpenters love the hammer that they have. Our crews, they do take pride in their toolboxes and they like having them customized. And I love seeing when they get something new and they're really proud of it and they put their stickers on it and, and they keep them up and they do take a lot of pride in them. And I take pride in the fact that they're able to have what they feel they need to do the job properly. I have a favorite Phillips screwdriver, Andy. I have to tell you, if I lost that thing, I wouldn't know how to screw a cabinet. I, I just wouldn't. It's long. It's got this perfect head, you know, great size. It just about fits any Phillips screw. And I've got my my couple of different DeWalt drills, you know, that, that serve different purposes. And I can imagine, to your point, that someone falls in love with the tool. It's almost like an extension of them. For sure. That they need and they want. They have to have that. I grew up doing carpentry with my dad and I still swing my dad's hammer. He has passed years ago, but he's with me when I'm out working with that hammer all the time. How cool is that? Wow. It's just personal stuff. Yeah. Well, look, we aren't going to settle the debate of buying tools for the world, but 
I think there's a lot to learn from just sitting down again with your accountant, with your leadership team and say, you know, should we do something different knowing that tools are going to get more specialized and more expensive as we head, head down the road? Yeah. And, and back to your point, you got to you got to be paying your guys properly that they're able to, to afford the tooling for their for their profession. And it's a profession. It is a profession. If you run more than one shop, you know how vital it is to keep up with how each one is performing. But it can drive you crazy to log in and out of each shop's database as you try to compare KPIs. Well, look, stop making it hard. With Shopware's advanced analytics, you can easily pull all that data into one report. Heck, you can even set up the system to pump it out in a graph or a chart and then email it to you anytime you want. Why tax your brain before you even start looking for trends and wins to celebrate? Let the computer do the work for you. Spend less time sifting through pages of numbers. Now, once you see your business's potential right in front of you, you can take steps to make it even better. And then you can take a night off to enjoy the time you just won back. Benefit, go with the team that created DVX, my friends, at GetShopware.com. As the trusted aftermarket brand for over 100 years, Delphi Technologies is by your side for every step of the repair process. The Delphi journey doesn't stop once the parts are ordered. Wherever your journey takes you, our quality parts gives you ease of mind when getting your customer's vehicle back on the road. Technicians know and trust Delphi as a quality brand. Each product undergoes rigorous testing to not only meet OE standards, but also enhance it in each opportunity. From 700 hours of spray testing on chassis components to fuel pumps tested for reliability up to 150,000 miles. And safety and reliability is paramount to help vehicles drive cleaner, better, and further throughout their lives. Delphi is also committed in developing products and services to prepare technicians for the future. Take advantage of how-to videos on YouTube, technician-led trainings, and our technical support line, and more. Turn to the aftermarket parts supplier with over 100 years of OEM trust and quality. Learn more about Delphi. Visit DelphiAftermarket.com. We know that the top 20% of which you are a member of in our industry is doing well, making money, and working their butt off each and every day to grow and keep a great business with a strong culture and great profitability. And every time I turn on that record button and I get behind this microphone, I always think of, are we going to drag one more person over the line that's struggling by listening to this and saying, I want to grow up and be like Andy. He's got a lot of good things going on. And if you're listening to this and you're not sure what to do, there's only 1,100 episodes out at RemarkableResults.biz on just about every topic you'd ever possibly want to know about. And hopefully they will inspire you. Okay, look. Those headphones you're wearing <laughs> are so militaristic. I love them. Yeah. <laughs> what a great introduction into sp talking about Echelon Front uh, from Gino Wickman. And here's the book, everyone. It's, it's on my books page on the website if you need to quickly go to it. And if you haven't read it, you got to read this, right, Andy? Yeah, it's a great book. So uh, Jocko Wilnick and uh, Leif Babin, uh, U.S. Navy SEALs, they wrote this great book on extreme leadership. And here's the summary of the book. And Andy, we want to talk about you and your team going to his seminars. In essence, the books about leaders must own everything, take the blame. And it's not what you preach. It's what you tolerate. That's in the book. 
negativity, a negative attitude affects the entire team. And ego, we talk a lot about ego on the show, most difficult, yet it's good and destructive for you. But you got to put it on the shelf and take complete ownership and not say, woe is me, I'm a great technician and obviously my business needs to run on autopilot. Who needs to learn anything else? You went to uh, Echelon Front a few months back. Echelon Front is a company that was started by Jacko Willink for leadership training, leadership coaching. It's uh, almost all retired Navy SEALs, just an incredibly impressive group of people. And they have an online academy. And I started doing, looking into this online academy for all of our people because, you know, it gets a little bit tough to send your people out of town. We've had years of auto repair coaching. I've had it myself. I've sent my people to training. Very beneficial for where we were to where we've come. But I was looking for something more that was outside of the, just specifically the auto repair industry and more on the whole professional development level for both myself, but really for my crews at both of our shops. I mean, when I say crews, I'm talking about the front office people, not the technicians. We look for, you know, the best technical training for the guys on the floor. I found this online academy and it's from Echelon Front. And I was speaking to one of the people on the phone about what it is and, and what they offer. And when I asked about the cost of it, it's like $420 per person per year. And I said to the woman, I said, I got to tell you, at 420 bucks a year, I have to question the value of it because it seems too cheap. And she said to me, we get that response a lot. The reason why it's that cheap is because Jocko wants to keep it affordable, particularly for first responders, for police, fire, EMTs, so that they can have access to this without breaking the bank. And that blew me away. Before signing up for it, I said, Echelon Front puts on three of these things called musters. They're leadership conferences. They put on three a year in a different city around the country. And so I said, you know what, before we sign up, I want to go. I also want to take my second in command with me as a check on me and to see what he feels about it, to get his opinion. So we went to the muster in Denver uh, this June. It was a two-day uh, event. Started out every day at 4.30 in the morning with an hour of physical training, which was optional. You don't have to do it. There were 750 people at the conference. The first day, I would say there's probably about 500 people went to the, the workout. The second day, there was about 600 people went to the workout. This is type triple A, really motivated people from all different walks of life, met several police, fire, and EMTs who paid for this conference out of their own pocket. It's not cheap. It's about $2,900 per person for the two days. In return, it's some of the cheapest training I've ever had because it is absolutely phenomenal. My second in command, when we got back the, on Tuesday the next week, Chris texted me and he said, I've already put like three things from the training last week into practice. Came back completely enthused. And so as a result, I said, okay, we're sending everybody in teams of two. So I have two people in Atlanta right now doing a muster in Atlanta, muster number 15. I have two people who are going to go to 16 next year. And then I'm going to go to 17 when it's in Dallas, back in Dallas in October of next year again, because it was that good. It's just really next level elite leadership training. One of the really great things was 
There is an opportunity for leadership for every single person in your organization, from your top technician, from your top sales, uh, you know, writer on the phone, from your manager, your regional manager, your district manager, down to the porter who is moving the cars around. There's an opportunity for that person to lead in some aspect of your business. And it only makes your business stronger when they can embrace that leadership role and take it on. It's the experience and the insight that you get from this conference. It's just on a completely different level. And I got to tell you, just as a, as a little aside, one of the people I met, one of the, the guys who is, who is one of the, the leadership uh, coaches, uh, he is the senior uh, Top Gun trainer, Dave Burke. I mean, this guy's amazing. So it's just really, really great, great collection of people. So, so many people, Andy, believe that you have to be a born leader. And I know you, you don't believe that. No, they're very clear that leadership can be taught and it can be trained. It's something that has to be embraced. Like you said, and, and that thing, a big thing is taking the ego and putting the ego up on the shelf, really listening to people. The way that they talk about everybody has the potential to be, have a strong boss, a weak boss, a boss that is uh, an angry boss, a soft boss, all the different ways that you can deal with these different people that you have to deal with in your life and in your career to be successful for yourself. It's surprising when you see how to deal with these situations that you would think, I can't deal with the person. I can't get out of them what I need to get out of. There's so many leadership books out there, and, and, and it's important that you read some. It's important that you get articles. It's important you save articles. It's important you highlight your right. But a couple of leadership traits, uh, you know, self-confidence, overcoming fear. There's no doubt the things you're telling me, this kind of training can help you with that. Yes. And Extreme Leadership is a great book, but it can't compare to sitting in that room with those people getting the firsthand presentations from them. So Jocko and Leif do about 50% of all the presentations. They say, we're going to start at 8 a.m. They start at 8 a.m. on the dot. Okay, it is very structured. There is no going over time. There's a one-hour lunch from 12 to 1, and it's the healthiest lunch you've ever seen served at a conference. There's no, it's not donuts. And, and Wait a minute, no Krispy Kremes? There's no Krispy Kremes. No, they have like protein donuts in the morning. I mean, it's really getting up and going. But to hear those presentations firsthand from those people, and you hear it from Jocko and Leif, and they get up and they're, they're relating their experience, they're relating a scenario, and then you're like, oh, that was really good. And then the second guy gets up, uh, Carlos Mendez, he gets up and you're like, well, this is probably going to not be as good. He blows that off the, off the table. And then Dave Burke comes up and he blows that off the table. I mean, each successive presentation in its own right is hitting another aspect of leadership, of, you know, ways to structure your life, uh, ways to be more effective. And you really, I came away with it with, with a fair amount of notes, but just a really good insight into better ways for me to be a leader and then to instill leadership into my teens. I'm hearing this level of motivation that you seem to have and you came back with. Obviously, your people are going to come back too. And that motivation not only will help them be inspired about the opportunity that you that they know they have in the company to be a great leader, but the rest of your people are going to see that. It enthuses them 
It gets them excited. And the fact is, you know what? I want my people to really get professional development and just and get better and better. And if that means they get so good that they need to leave me and go find something that's even more challenging, then that's my fault for not presenting challenges to them to keep them motivated and keep them enthused and keep them really engaged in our business. And that's what it really comes down to. And everybody who's read Extreme Ownership, when, when Jocko says that mission failing, that was my fault. By the way, what I loved about the book is all the examples of real battle that he covered in this book. And it just kept me so engaged. Wow. You just said developing skills. You're giving your team this opportunity to be better leaders, to you know, learn how to motivate, learn new skills. Your challenge at your end of the world is how do I keep this great team I'm investing in and amassing? And so it doesn't mean that you have to keep buying stores, but maybe it means you have to keep buying stores because you want an avenue for people to, you know, let's go out and open this thing up. Or who knows, you may have your ADAS center, your EV center. Who knows where this industry is morphing into, Andy? You're on the cutting edge of think, I know. So my teams now are now looking at the future with excitement and enthusiasm and Hey, look at all the possibilities. Look at all the things we could get into. Look at all the potential revenue streams we could do. Not being afraid of, oh man, EVs are going to take away our business. We are really enthused about working on Tesla, you know, because there's a lot of Teslas in and around the Chicago area and Tesla cannot service their own cars. So I look at that as a huge opportunity and it's taken some coaching and some talk with the teams to kind of lay out Hey, there's an opportunity here. This is not a threat. It's an opportunity. There's a lot of uh, great EV trainers out there. And while I was at uh, ASTE a couple of weeks ago, I sat in for about an hour on Carolyn Cocolet's class. Carolyn wasn't teaching Tesla technology and repair. She was just talking about the strategies and the opportunities that exist with EV hybrids and, you know, all EVs. And she had her number one Tesla guy from San Fran in the class with her. And he got up in between both of them saying, well, here's an inherent problem with this front end bolt and and going through all of the opportunities that can be fixed and repaired at your shop. All you got to do is tell people you do it. I walked away. Carolyn is just the right person to gain confidence to shop owners that the opportunity is now. And it's going to be even bigger each and every day as we move forward. So this whole reinvention of the industry, I want to bring a a panel together soon, Andy. And I want to talk about what will the shop of the future look like? We've had three Porsche Taycans in our shops in the last two months. Those cars are all under warranty. They're coming in for aftermarket stuff. We had put a lowering module into one of them. I mean, this is a $200,000 electric performance vehicle. And there's an aftermarket lowering module for that car, the quality one that we installed on this car. There's going to be plenty of stuff to do and not enough people to do it. So that does not concern me anymore, the the whole EV thing. Hey, thanks for coming on and talking a little tools and a little Jocko here. At the event that you went to, give me a big takeaway that you came back and says, I'm a great leader, but this thing just rocked my world and I've got to do it. It really is getting all of your people into the mindset that they are able to and we want them to lead in their own different 
areas of, of expertise, areas of exposure within your business about there is an opportunity for them to be a leader. There's an opportunity to be a leader on the shop floor. The guy who's cleaning up the whole shop, he can be the guy who stands up and says, hey, guys, I, I clean the same mess every night. You're doing it a little bit wrong. Here's a different way that would be just as easy or easier on you. And then you'd come to an even cleaner work bay in the morning tomorrow. Those opportunities are there for everyone. It's regardless of rank. It's regardless of title, what they do. There is something there for all the people in, in your teams. Carm, I've been down here. I'm in Dallas right now. My shops are in Chicago. I've been in Dallas for 10 days. I'm going to be in Dallas for another six days. There's no way that I could be down here for that long. And then I'm going to be back in Chicago for five days, and then I'm going to go to SEMA, right, for a week. There's no way that I could have these businesses up and running the way that they do as effectively as they run without having leaders in those two shops. It's key for me. We're going to be at Apex, Andy. I know I'm going to see you there. We're going to be in uh, Repair Shop HQ across from Joe's Garage, right next to the Napa booth. Please stop by and say hi. I'd love to meet you if, you know, all my listeners. Oh, by the way, did I mention your beautiful headphones? Oh, yes. So there's a story behind these. Our youngest son is uh, stationed with the U.S. Army up in Fairbanks, Alaska, Fort Wainwright. Me being down in Dallas, most of my business stuff is up in Chicago because of the companies up there. Uh, so I was kind of hunting around the house for headphones. And so I had to go into his room and I found his, these are his old Call of Duty headphones that he used to use before he got into the real, the real military world. What a great story. We're talking about Jocko, the Navy SEALs, you know, leadership and Andy shows up with a camouflaged headphones. Yeah, I don't think the Navy SEALs would be too hot on the, on the bright blue LED lights. But, you know, that's, that's that fantasy gaming world as, comp- as compared to the real world, right? And I got to give a shout out since we're talking about Jocko. We have a young cruise in, in both of our shops and they all drink these Red Bulls and Monsters and all these things are horrible for you. So Jocko has this energy drink. It's all natural. It's all super healthy. I drink this stuff like crazy all the time. And so I got rid of all of those other energy drinks and I just ordered like 50 cases of this stuff for both of our shops. So we just, we stock up our shops with this stuff all the time and our guys love it. It's called Jocko Go. And there's a few retail vitamin shops. They carry them, but you, you can go online and order it from uh, from his comp- from his his uh, company that they make this stuff. It's really good. It gives you all the Andy energy and you'd ever want. <laughs> right, right. All right, man. Uh, Andy Biz Midwest Performance Car, Chicago, Northbrook, Illinois, and HQ'd in Dallas, Texas. Now there's someone to aspire to. Thanks for coming on and talking about technician tools and leadership, Andy. Absolutely. Love to. Always a pleasure. Thanks, Carm. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.